And we are back. All right, so we went over the politics. We kind of went over the the precursor of what led to the war and the backgrounding of who Putin is. We are going to be diving into the faith aspect of this argument now because there is a faith side to this. We'll make sure we cover that. So I pulled this article because it actually relates a little bit on some of my friends who actually came from the Eastern Orthodox side. Um, so this, here we go. Ready? Which is most of Russia, right? They're most uh, Eastern Orthodoxy, right? Yeah, yeah. So there is Russian Orthodox, which uh, Russian Orthodox is, is of the Eastern Orthodox branch. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. Let's dive in. So this article is entitled "On Faith: Putin is a Christian." Of sorts. <laughs> oh boy, no setup here. Right. Of sorts. <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'll be right out in front with this. Putin is as much a Christian as Trump is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> His favorite book in the Bible is Numbers two. Is that what it is? <laughs> Something like Leviticus. <laughs> it may come as a surprise to many Americans, but Vladimir Putin is a Christian of sorts. His father was a typical Soviet atheist of his era, but his mother was Russian Orthodox. By all accounts, she had her son secretly baptized and secretly instructed him in the faith, at least to some degree. That's the good news. The bad news. The Russian Orthodox Church, as the name announces, is highly nationalistic. Many of the Orthodox churches of Eastern Europe are highly nationalistic and are organized under the patriarch-slash-patriarchate system, independent from Rome and largely independent from each other. The Eastern Orthodox Church is the result of the Great Schism of 1054, when the Eastern Church separated from the Western Church, the Catholic Church. Catholic simply means, uh, comes from the word universal. The Orthodox Churches do not have a leader like the Pope or a unifying governing body like the Vatican. This is, in fact, part of the problem between Ukraine and Russia. There has long been plenty of tension between Russia and Ukraine, and starting in 1990, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church had self-rule, while technically still, quote-unquote, under the Moscow Patriarchate. However, as of January 19, it became the, quote, Orthodox Church of Ukraine, unquote, with complete separation from the Moscow Patriarch. About 60% of the Ukrainian Orthodox population are members of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church and are no longer members of the Russian Orthodox Church, an affront to Putin and the Moscow Patriarchate. Mm. Many of the different Eastern Orthodox churches have long had a tendency to become staunchly nationalistic and to work hand-in-hand with their respective state governments. Lucian Lustin has written a lengthy study titled Orthodox Christianity, and nationalism in 19th century Southeastern Europe. And the book explains this connection in great detail. Adding to this problem within Russia, especially under Putin, there has been a merging together of the power and popularity of the Russian Orthodox Church with the Russian government's objectives. A frightening study has recently been published by Dmitry Adamitsky titled Russian Nuclear Orthodoxy, Religion, Politics, and strategy, in which the connection between Russia's military and the Russian Orthodox Church are examined at great length. It is disturbing. Putin is not quiet, private Christian. 
He frequently demonstrates his Russian Orthodox faith in public in front of cameras. He wears a gold cross around his neck, under his clothing, which he says was miraculously saved from a fire in his house many years ago, stating the event was one of the turning points in his life of faith. But his faith is in supercharged version of a Christian nationalism, a fact that is not known to many in the West. Putin has even spent money repairing Orthodox churches, a fantastic public relations move. Just to make him myself clear here, I am not an equal opportunity critic of Christian nationalism. I don't care in what denomination it takes hold or in which country it raises its head. It is always ugly and bad. The Russian Orthodox Church now considers Moscow and its patriarchate the Third Rome. Constantinople was known as the Second Rome. Such an identified is a double-edged sword. One edge is Moscow has replaced the old Rome. The other edge is Moscow sees itself as head of a grand empire like the two earlier Romes. It is never good when a leader or government starts thinking of itself as a new Rome. You can rest assured that it's always a mighty bad sign. The actual Rome, the original capital of the ancient Roman Empire, is nicknamed the Eternal City, but it is now only the capital of a small country named Italy. Rome surrounds an even smaller country named the Vatican City-State, which has a permanent population of less than 500 who live on a spot of land roughly half a mile square. Not very impressive in terms of geographic and demographics, but it is its own independent state with Italian and international recognition as such, and it is a member of the United Nations with permanent observer status. This little Vatican and its Pope oversee the largest Christian denomination on earth. Pope Francis recently had a video conference with Patriarch Kirill, who leads the Russian Orthodox Church in Moscow. The Pope said at one point, quote, The Church must not use the language of politics, but the language of Jesus. War is never the way. Close quote. I am not a papal expert, but I know enough to know every word Pope Francis said in that meeting was chosen with extreme care, probably well in advance. I believe that in saying this, the Pope was making a diplomatic affirmation about the separation of church and state, and the church can never condone war, period. The problem, however, is the church, quote-unquote, did split East versus West a thousand years ago. And the Russian Orthodox Church does not really accept the idea today of the separation of church and state. The Russian Orthodox Church is now part of Putin's empire rebuilding plan. Complicating matters even further, the Russian Orthodox Church and the Russian government do not support freedom of speech, freedom of religion, or democracy. And it would seem from even events in Ukraine do not support the Geneva Convention guidelines for combatants engaged in war. It always amazes and troubles me to hear people say we live in a post-Christian or post-religion era. Nothing could be further from the truth. Religion is all bound up in the horrible situation in Ukraine. The great schism of a thousand years ago is still turning people against people, Christians against Christians. When an invisible wind is blowing against one's back, one doesn't always realize how it's making it easier to move down a certain path. 
the force of religion and religious history, sometimes almost invisibly, can have a similar effect. The fortunate truth is the Eastern Orthodox Church, long ago, chose to go down a path, I'm sorry, unfortunate, (laughs) go down a path of fostering independent patriarchs and fervent nationalism in many different regions of Eastern Europe. In unity, there is strength, and in disunity, there is bound to be discord. This is true religion and in many other realms. This is one of the reasons the old Soviet Union shut down and banned those different religions, religious groups. But it's almost impossible to ban religion. Even Russia gave up on doing it. Not only is Russia not banning the Orthodox Church anymore, Putin's government is cooperating the church to reclaim love of motherland and respect for God-ordained authority, just like Trump did with evangelical churches in the U.S. As far as part as Putin is concerned, God has ordained Ukraine as part of Russia, and he and Moscow, the Moscow Patriot, are ordained to be in charge. That's what Ukraine is up against. Christian nationalism is never very pretty, and I maintain is never very Christian. So. Well, that just whole, added a whole other complexity to things. <laughs> wow, that that was uh, that that was a lot of hogwash, in my opinion. <laughs> no, no, please go ahead. How do you really feel, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, first of all, so from what you just said, the the Pope didn't, um says it's wrong to go to war, right? Hmm. Hold on, that the church should never use the language. It should never it should never condone religion as war. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, so the Crusades are evil. Gotcha. All right. And every single war that God has helped in is evil as well. Is that is that what I'm hearing? So there is a difference between what the state needs and religion. Okay, so from opinion of 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 politics and opinion of um Religion, there's a, there's a difference, right? There should be. And, and who under defines, the new under the new covenant, there should be. And and who defines that moral authority? Well, go ahead, tell us. The victor. <laughs> no matter what, I mean, a hundred years from now, if if Russia wins, you know, for whatever reason, or however they do, if they would, okay. which I very much doubt. Hopefully, all right. But if they do. They are the victors, they will write history, and they will be the moral authority. All right. So I'm going to mm. back that up a little bit because from your point of view, you're seeing this from an evangelical point of view, and that's actually the problem. Okay. So if you back that down and you go to the traditional branches of the church, Okay. all right, right from the start, how many martyrs were there in the first century? Go ahead. No, oh, thousands. All right, and that continues on all the way until today. Mm-hmm. From Jesus Christ forward, the church was always built on non-aggression. Now, you can say, well, the Crusades. The Crusades might have been, in some instances, backed by the church, and only in some instances. All right. Every every church has used it. Yes. Every church has used it. But. So politics. If you if you yes. go back to the times, even their writings will show that they don't want to go to war. Okay, 
Uh, we were we. I actually have, have, have a historian that we're going to use later for going over things like the Crusades. Um, it's very. It's not what you think it is. It yes, on a, in a Western American point of view, on the evangelical side of a history textbook, it sounds like the Church endorsed the Crusades, and this was just what the Christians did. And and you know where I'm going to go next with it too, right? So. But no. historically, <laughs> that is actually not as correct as you think it is. Okay. And the Spanish Inquisition? The Spanish Inquisition is also not what you think it is. <laughs> For example, and again. Oh, this I, is, these are other podcasts. It is, it is. And, <laughs> and, and, and those will be explored. Well, so, because so, so the reason I, I'm saying that. I have a historian for that as well that we'll be bringing on. Okay. So the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because I, I'm. I think I'm agreeing. I can't remember because there was a lot of information there. I think I'm agreeing with it, uh, with one part of it, that um, a separation of church and state. That is one of the main reasons why America has a separation of church and state. Because culture, because politics is downstream of culture. Yeah. And if you control the church, the church controls the culture. And so if you control the church, you control the culture, you control how politics is run. Right. Now, influence strongly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, right. No, I agree. And, and you can use your the church your and therefore the culture to therefore justify your moral authority. Yeah. Now, I, so, so in relation to the article's point, I mean, are you saying that this guy is arguing that most of Ukraine from from a faith aspect or a religious aspect um, that Putin is trying to force orthodoxy when most of Ukrainians want to lean back towards the Catholic faith? No, most Ukrainians are orthodox. Okay. Of their under their own patriarch. Okay. So, but they so, at one time they were under Russia. And so they separated back in 2019. And they've been in talks with uh with uh the Pope. Um and he endorsed them being on their own. So, so is this pretty much the same thing as like the Church of England, where you know the the king wanted to get a divorce, but the Catholic Church didn't allow it, so they're like, "I'll make my own religion," which is exactly the same, except I'm allowed to divorce. Is that is that pretty much what it is? Similar, similar. Mm. Um, and so, <sighs> Patriarch Kirill does endorse pretty much everything that Putin does. I mean, it's. It's it's flagrant. He does endorse like everything he does, but I don't want this this to be um, uh, a place where we demean people from the orthodox side because absolutely not. Yeah, there, there's there's very good, well-meaning orthodox Christians yeah. holding their ground and stating that what's going, what's happening, and the faith, the fact the faith is being used to create. The war and to create angst between the countries is fully wrong. So I, I definitely do not want people to believe that um, people from the Orthodox religion are wrong in their religion. They are not. They're they're very good people. In fact, uh, Catholics consider consider them part of their own church. Yeah. They may not be in union with us, but we consider them part of us. So we don't want to demean anybody from that side of the faith. But we do want to show that the Russia is trying to use that in order to force people to do things they want to do. Yeah. No, I probably not. I wouldn't. There's nothing new under the sun there. Yeah. I think that's. A, I agree. That's a big headline. Is is regardless of the conditions on the ground, they're using 
religion. I mean, really, the Rush, the the, the pro invasion Russian Orthodox have more in common with, um, you know, white nationalists, you know, Catholics and evangelicals in the U.S. Um, <gasps> nationalist Christians in Hungary. Uh, what was that? <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> not. I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying. <clears throat> Because what we're seeing is like a big realignment in Christianity where, you know, used to be, I, you know, I remember, you know, when I was reverting the Catholic Church, it felt like the big division was like Catholic versus Protestant. But then really the big division was like conservative Catholic and conservative evangelical versus like liberal Catholic and liberal evangelical, which then extended and now is an extending into where you stand on a geopolitical conflict. Yeah. So just okay. just for the sake of a podcast, can we define um, the, the nationalism that you're talking about? Because with, with the current day and age, there's a lot of redefining, quote unquote, of terms and what something means. So Kirill, in his own words, uh, Patriot Kirill, sorry, um, in his own words, he has justified Putin's war. Because even though we know that Putin's doing this to regain territory, right? we know that. But, you know, however you want to put it, it's to regain territory. Yes, it, both governmental and everything else. Um, but in his side, he is trying to align his believers that the reason why this is happening is a holy war because of the liberal movements of the left side and how they're allowing things like uh, same-sex marriages and stuff like that. So he's aligning his people's religious ideas against Ukraine and saying it's a holy war because of those things that he is allowing. And and even if you want to be, you know, um, completely, you know, not about religion, but that holy war or can also be just defined as justified war. Yeah, that's more or less what he's doing. He's He's justifying the war. He's backing Putin in everything he does because he believes it's a holy war against what yeah. is Western liberal ideas. Yeah. And they, and like, as you brought up there, like they are using like LGBTQ issues as like a very explicit dog whistle for that. I don't know if you have that quote from Bishop, Archbishop or whatever you call him, primate. I don't know what his name is. Patriarch Kirill. Patriarch Kirill. <laughs> primate. <laughs> Wait, isn't that like a name for a churchy thing? Like not the primate, like the ape, but like the prime ape. You know, you, ah, you actually are correct. <laughs> See, I told you. You actually are correct. I may be drunk, but I'm correct. <laughs> How's that right Russian? It's, it's amazing. Uh, we didn't review. <laughs> it was white Russian yet, which so is amazing. amazing. So um, what did the primates say? <laughs> Primate, yes. But, but he was literally talking about, I don't know if you have that. Well, I do have that quote, but if you, in case you need. No, no, let's go ahead. It's, okay. This is from Patriarch Row. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's talking about like the difference between the Russian side, the, the East and the, and the West. And he's like, in order to enter the club of those countries, AKA NATO, it is necessary to hold a gay pride parade, not to make a political statement. We are with you not to sign any agreements, but to hold a gay parade. And we know how people resist the demands and how this resistance is suppressed by force. And he goes on to say, if, uh, if we see violations of God's law, we will never put up with those who destroy this law, blurring the line between holiness and sin, even more so with those countries who promotes sin as an example or as one of the models of human behavior. So it's literally like support Russia to crush the gays. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, hmm. yeah. His, I see that. And so I, I guess I'm kind of on the line with that one. 
Because I, I think at some point spiritually, and this is, I'm not even talking politics here. At some point spiritually, we have to have a line, a, a line drawn somewhere. And so the way I see at least America going, you know, with so many things, and again, I'm not talking religion. I'm not talking politics here. I'm talking about just what I see every day in my own life. Like today, I mean, I was at a place, yeah, in our culture. I won't say the name of the place. I won't say where it was, but me and my wife were getting ice cream somewhere. And I saw the bathroom sign. And I said, oh, there's just one bathroom here. But it's for male. It's for female. And it's for other. It's for three different genders. And I said, and I was asking my wife at at a pure attention. And I'm like, what is the third gender? What does that mean? She's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's someone who holds both genders or just believes that they feel like another one today. Like, so my point is, is that if our culture keeps moving in this slippery direction, what does that really mean? So I, I, I can understand from a political standpoint sometimes. I'm not saying it's not, it's not right to act on that in, a, in the big view, but we got to draw some kind of spiritual line somewhere where things that were absolutely norm can still be norm. I, I, am not going to, I, am not going to just sit here and just say that I believe that we should promote, um, unstable mental health or dysfunction or, you know, the degradation of families and however that should look like we need to spiritually promote what a healthy family looks like. I think that's always been part of the historic church. So when, when I see things slip in that direction, I can understand why sometimes people would say things like that, but not to use it as an excuse to invade a country or, or, or for whatever big political motivations you may have or ambitions you may have and just using it for that. But well, I, I do think there should be a line. So and we have lost that line clearly here, and I think in America. It, it, it's a death by a thousand cuts. I mean, every little by little... Your your degradation of your culture is being just pushed back, cut down, and just becoming more and more immoral. So at some point, you're you're gonna have a backlash. And sorry, if you use your moral authority or whatever high horse that you have that you have on hand, you're gonna use it. Yeah. And most of the time, that I uh, that thing that you're fighting back against or or one of the things that you're fighting back against it's gonna say see see he's using this to fight against me i'm the victim yeah and and so it's it's a death by a thousand cuts that no i i I could see you know kirill trying to say that putin's trying to do this to fight against stuff like that i i don't buy that never do i no, never do I. No, I think Putin may use something like that as a, you know, as an excuse for for whatever. But I mean, am I wrong to think that? Grand I, scheme. I, let me grand ask you guys: this. Am I wrong to really think that way? Like for my children, is it wrong for me to feel safe in that way for them? I don't think there's any problem with holding on to historical values. Oh, you're gonna say? No, sorry, I was. I'm not gonna judge you, but I'm gonna say this conflict in particular mm-hmm. and how it's been used to bag on the gays has kind of made me jump off the fence in the opposite direction. I'm just, no, it's not even about gays though. I'm literally just talking like male, female. Right, right. LGBTQ, transgender, T. I'll, I'll, I'll do the whole, the whole spectrum. Um, the, 
you know, the reason, you know, some, some people point to like a, a conspiracy years ago when like the American Association of Psychologists or whatever removed homosexuality as a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing we've been understanding more and more is that the only reason there's worse mental health outcomes for those who are gay or transgender is because society has the boots on their neck. So I when I fully. when I see, I mean that's what that's what scientists have concluded, and I I buy it. I mean when you have healthy affirming environments, they don't commit suicide at higher rates. They don't have mental health issues at higher rates. So when I see Russia, and and this whole kind of Christian nationalist conglomerate that's across different nations, going that hard after these you know with these don't say gay bills, or at one point mm-hmm. we had. We had more mm. bills in committee in Ohio against transgender athletes than we had actual transgender athletes registered with the state of Ohio. It was like seven versus six. It was insane. Even as the, as the Utah governor pointed out why he was going to veto the one bill against transgender athletes, he was like, we have four of them in the state, and we're doing this vast moral outrage. And how many more people does that impact mental health-wise than just those four? And so I've been like, we I, I, I can't do it anymore. My heart hasn't been in a while, and I'm going to say, hey, kick me out of the Catholic Church. I'm, I'm affirming you guys as you are. If that's how you feel, I'm down with it. I, I don't want to. I, I feel like it's very— I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you, may, you, you articulated your point very well, Keith. You really did, you, and you always do. Um, <laughs> but I feel like to narrow it down, I feel like t- in terms of sexuality— it's such a narrow point of view. If that's your whole life's outlook, uh, it's very spiritually narrow, in my opinion, to define your whole outlook on that. So when I see a, a healthy, stable family, I believe kids, if they're born male or born female, don't grow up being confused about, oh, I think I feel female today, even though I have a, a penis. Or I feel male today, even though I have a vagina. Like those kind of things don't exist when you have a strong, spiritual, stable family, a, a family that's, you know. Indoctrinated. No, not indoctrinated. <laughs> just, just completely, you know, you have present parents, you know, and, and you have people that care for you in a community that surrounds you and supports you like that. So I feel like the degradation of the family, we're at war with so much more than politics. And, you know, I think politics just confuses things. But, and I, and again, I think that, you know, they may be using that as an excuse for whatever they may be doing out there. I don't believe for one in one minute that, you know, Putin truly cares about that. I don't really know. Um, but you know, it, it, it is something that I'm seeing every day in my real life. Like, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have to be concerned about my kids going to, to school and, and thinking about those things and having to like, hey, what did you learn today? Well, you know, if I don't identify as this, this and that, then it's OK for me to consider something else. Like what? As low as the third grade right now. Actually, uh, kindergarten. That's 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 not embracing a community. That's not loving a community. I don't think this stuff comes up that often, though. I mean, if it was coming up every day, I don't think people would be, like, passing entrance exams and getting into college if all they were talking about was I would, what gender I, they were. I agree with you. I, I, I completely agree with you. I, don't, I think the media sometimes puts, pushes that out there as if it's the majority of American thinking these days or in the West. That's what we're thinking about, but I don't think it is that way. And that's why I think that it shouldn't really be... And and yet we have a president who said that he's going to decide his, um, what's it called? 
the Supreme Court justice nominee by both color and uh, um, gender. All right, so what is a woman? Well, the Supreme Court nominee can't even define a woman. She's not a biologist, she says. And not only that, but he wants to choose a black woman of color. a, A black woman. All right, cool. I'm all for it. But one, you actually blocked the first black female nominee for Supreme Court justice during, I think it was Bush or Clinton years. I can't remember. So don't quote me on what uh, what year it was. But um, he, he blocked that. And then on top of that, he wants to fully distinguish that he is choosing and ignoring all other possibilities, not based on merit, but based solely on what you look like and what you determine you are. Mm. I could determine that I'm a female and I could determine that I'm black somehow. And yet I'm not going to be on Supreme court nominee. Of course I shouldn't be not only because well, hello, I don't know law, but also because by his own standards, he would never allow me to be on Supreme court. Yeah. But why is it that we are allowing identity politics to fully take over every single institution all the way down to preschool? Mm. Yeah, I don't think that we should be talking about sexual, yeah, this, sexual relations at that age. And, 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 you know, hello, this is a Russia podcast or Ukrainian podcast. Well, well yeah, it's go- important, <laughs> though, because he is using this. Yeah, I mean, this is really what's galvanizing certain pockets mm. of the mm-hmm. West yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the side of the East is this explicit, this, this, um, this language that ties it to this core identity of yeah. conservative religion, it's which true. is to, you know, to counter LGBTQ rights, basically. And back to Theo's point, I think it is another way to keep us divided amongst ourselves. If, if I really think about it, I mean, I think one of the greatest uh, ways, really, and, and this is my own opinion, to um, you know keep us spiritually divided, spiritually stagnated without growing at all, and just really like crushing the church. And and, and to, not, to is, your point right there is not right through there. theology or politics. It's through really just destroying what what it is to be a family. Yeah. And what it means to actually be religiously conservative. What it means to be religiously stagnant, as you just said. Why is it that we have to defend what it means to be religiously conservative? It, it almost feels like you are being attacked yourself just for believing in a, a hard red line. When, in all honesty, you are believing in something and you're holding true to your belief. Hmm. Why is it be read? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to argue with you, Sam, because you brought the priest, the pastries tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. like when we think back to this, you know, encroaching national. Obviously, Russia has been a regime that's been brutal mm. to LGBTQ individuals, and we've kind of seen some of that. And actually, this is where I think I used to think, oh, Trump and stuff is such a dummy for standing Putin. Like, and it turns out it was probably the smartest thing he did in terms of galvanizing his base, kind of associating, hey, here's a strong man who defends your values. Like, you know, so he went from like, you know, Mitt Romney was, you know, got laughed at for pointing out that Russia was our chief geopolitical 
flow and he got 47% of the vote still. And then we go to Trump and now huge pockets of, of Christian America are comfortable with pseudo dictators like Viktor Orban in Hungary, who are, you know, is basically is building through various gerrymandering and executive orders, a Christian nationalist country. And of course, Putin, who's kind of doing the same thing for, you know, very overtly, like he clearly doesn't care about Christianity, but he's happy to use it. And people are happy to glom onto that because it's like, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, and the alcohol got to me and forgot where I'm going. But basically, like we've been primed for an increasingly not just like it's not sufficient to be like, OK, we have certain values and we hold on to them, but we're going to enact them in increasingly cruel legislature. Like these don't gay, say gay bills basically are prohibiting all sorts of talk about anything. Like if a if a student says, um, you know, hey, I think I'm gay or something like that to a teacher, a teacher's like, no, I can't talk about that. I'm going to get sued. It's um, almost like these kids should be talking to their parents about that. Crazy. But what if their parent is going to kick them out? That's a real at thing in this eight? country. No, but at age 14, 16, whatever, well, that, that happens all the time. That's not what this uh, don't say gay bill is actually about, which the left has said is a don't say gay bill. That's actually not what the actual name of the bill is called. Well, no, it's not called that. We, of course, it's a, it's a, it's a make fun of it name. It has some fancy name that makes it sound great. It's a, it's, it's a. We don't want to talk about sexuality when you are six years old. Now is not the time to talk about sexuality. Well, the one in South Carolina prohibits us talk up until you're eighteen. Hey, uh, the, you know, the truth is, I, I have a very close family member who struggled with it. All right, ever, and here's the other side to it from the evangelical side where I am more than happy to throw my people under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Any extreme on any side or any angle, you're going to cause trouble. Any extreme. It doesn't matter in my opinion. Even with the evangelical side because I'm just not going to say, but ever since he was younger, we knew that he was. And we didn't know how to deal with it. We don't know why. We don't know why. I mean, he grew up in a very religious, strict household. And, you know, when I'm the, the older I get, the more I realize, like, man, I think being ultra conservative in extreme legalism didn't help this kid. Mm-hmm. It didn't give him a safe place to land. Feelings and emotions that couldn't be processed and dealt with in, in a healthy way. And once the door was able to swing the other way, it did. And they couldn't reconcile. Well, and, and, and that's the thing is... And we didn't help when the it, situation. When it comes to being Christian, being, like you said, being extreme Christian, <clears throat> that's never good. Yeah. I, I agree. But to be Christian is not to say, you are gay, therefore you are going to hell. It's And, and totally, yeah. you know, cutting not, cutting them off. That's bad. That's not being Christian at all. Mm-hmm. I, um, we talked about it at one podcast or maybe after the show that uh, the Pope is very, he's not pro-gay, pro-LGBT, but he is absolutely able and willing to open his arms to the LGBT community because, let's be honest here, those who are part of the LGBT, please come in and hopefully you will see the light that we view as the light but because as being part of christian christianity 
is saying, yes, being LGBT is either a mental illness or it's not Christian-like. Yeah. And, and, and it is living in sin. But to say you are now outcast and we are never going to talk to you, you are forever going to hell. Oh, yeah, that's that's not Christian at all. Let he right. who, for, right, right, who right. first, uh, not sin, I don't know, I can't remember saying. Let he who <laughs> Throw, throw the first stone. Too much, yeah. too much uh, vodka for that one. But you can see how, <laughs> yeah, amen to that. You can see how politicians use these things, and you know they just use it to their own advantage, and they yeah, will capitalize on it. Yeah, so. which is what's happening over in Russia and Ukraine, because right now it's happened all throughout the, the greatest yeah. leaders. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm not saying that Patriarch Kirill does not believe that. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he believes that he's uh, trying to back something that he believes is correct and something that is good. Yeah. Um, I just think that Putin is definitely using that yeah. in order to get at least a, a majority of the people behind him. Obviously, not everybody, because there's, there's protests happening all across Russia, but um, mm. he's definitely getting some people to back him on that. Of course. I think uh, one way for, uh, you know, as you originally read this article, and you'd actually got it to me before the podcast, but one way that I'm trying to frame this uh, for your listeners, there's a great app called the Bible Project app you can get. Mm-hmm. And they came out in 2022 with this app uh, that that takes their entire ministry portfolio of of things, including their podcast, uh, and brings it to you together, correlates it together, and brings it all together so that you can go through, starting at the very beginning of Genesis, and work your way through right now in 2022, the Pentateuch, and understand some basic things. And they deal with some movements. And I think the second movement is the Tree of Life, and I was listening to that uh, you know, this week, and they have an episode in their podcast about Abraham, immigrants, and circumcision. And that podcast, uh, Tim Mackey of the Bible Project, he goes to uh, Leslie Newbegin's book on the gospel and a pluralistic society, and he pulls out you know, the idea behind circumcision and what was going on. And it's amazing when you think about a hundred years ago, Zionism and this nationalistic fervor for Israel and what, you know, means to be Jewish and, and what we went through with the Holocaust and the response we had and, and how we're, again, divided, you know. Uh, I, and before the break, we talked about Major League Baseball strike. Now it's over. We're all happy and good, you know. Once the Ukraine thing's over, we're happy and good. We're moving on to the LBGT. So you know, true. And how we so get true, So divided, wow. and we move from topic to topic to topic to topic. And what I love about this podcast, what I love about this app is it takes it back to the biblical idea of circumcision was to initially God wanted to reach the entire nations. It's not nationalistic. Mm. It's not the point of circumcision is not so that you get cut and you're, you're, you're your own group and that we're, it's all about us and everybody else is wrong. You know, I love the definition. Somebody said, you know, what's the definition of a cult? A cult is when you believe everybody else is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, so, brother. I've been there. <laughs> you know, 
the first half of our podcast was, you know, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, you know, and pretty yeah. soon then, you know, Russia's wrong, everybody's wrong, and then, mm-hmm. you know, America's right, and, you know, then we become a cult because everybody else is wrong. Right. You know, so the, we're the only ones right. And and you, you lose dialogue and you become divisive. Yeah. And that's not what's behind circumcision. But that's not right. what God was doing with Abraham. That's not what he was doing. He was not making an exclusive club here of the Hebrews. And, you know, this is God's people. And Bible or brews. Well, God wants to brew. And this is his brew, you know, Hebrews. You know, <laughs> we're just going to, you know, have only this group of people and only the Catholics or only the Orthodox or only. Yeah. And that's not what he's doing. Yeah. He's doing the exact opposite. It's missiology. It's reaching out. And so I would encourage people to to at least look up the 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 Bible project and listen to that uh, podcast on Abraham immigrants, which that's another issue, you know, how Ukrainian immigrants are accepted, but Afghani immigrants aren't, you know, because they're Islamic or because they could be terrorist. The, the whole thing, what Christians should do in hospitality, you know, but circumcision, what was the point of what was God doing? What's the biblical theology there? What's the theology of the Bible? Not crusades, uh, not killing the enemy, you know, having dialogue. It, you, how do you deal with that family member, Gumby? Well, you know, if you can have dialogue and yeah, open and yeah. honest dialogue, you can go a lot further than than deciding, you know, okay, here's your bathroom, here's my bathroom, you mm-hmm. stay out of my bathroom, and you get in your bathroom, or we're not going to give you a bathroom, go out on the street. Yeah. No, 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 let's have dialogue, like Keith is trying to to say let's discuss things and what does god really want and and if we can bring people to christ as as uh uh, uh aaron i keep wanting to call him crew was trying <laughs> to point out you know um let's have the dialogue so that we can understand w- what was really intended here and it's not this nationalistic idea that we put ourselves over you know, that's what happened. The church kept dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing. And that's not what Jesus wanted. And same thing I said earlier in the first half about Gandhi. He did not want to divide India. You know, so there's there's points on both sides. You know, we don't want yeah. division. We want dialogue. We want to be able to open up. And we want to understand why nationalism is so wrong. Because anything that's not the nation's is not God. God wants all. He doesn't want one, you know, one group is right because we're all wrong. Every one of us have things wrong about us. Every one of us are making mistakes. So there are people that would be, I think, in the LGBTQ plus community, I, all that, whatever, they keep growing because they're adding numbers because they're finding there's marginalized groups of people on the planet that are being marginalized Mm -hmm. and we're allowing them to come in and they're actually growing in a sense. So uh, we need to, to, to try to get into dialogue where we can have an open discussion. And that's, I don't know why Putin didn't have dialogue, why Ukraine, maybe NATO was too, it's us versus them that they couldn't have the dialogue. Uh, you know, so this, and then the other part of the article that I didn't really, uh, I guess, again, if if listeners would get into something like the Bible Project, you'll begin to understand the Bible. Um, there's no way to say that there's a separation of church and state. That's a modern thing that we've invented. So the Eastern Orthodox 
of course they're going to not understand that divide because even though it's been abused in the crusades and in this moment with with this patriarch from moscow and that's why we have it in place to prevent those uh problems uh the bible is not a separation of church and state there is no secularism in the bible it's it's you know yeah, yeah i see what you mean the government and god are deeply highly connected and when they're not that's the problem when god is not the focus of the government but the problem is we make our god to be what we want that to be and then we worship that and say that's god and then we justify what we want calling it god and that's the problem Mm -hmm. so the separation of church and state doesn't really work from a biblical standpoint that's a modern invention or convention to try to to deal with abuses of the past because we have decided this is what god wants what is really what we want and we went after it and we put god's name on it and you know, and that's the problem so that's good, i think too. we need to get back to what god really wanted and a good yeah. way to do that would be to go to the podcast that tim mackey brings out what it's not nationalism at all that, that god wanted he wants the nations. He wants everybody together. The yeah. lion and the lamb to lay down. The ser- the child to be able to play with the serpent. He wants everybody to be in union, and not one church is right. Everybody is made right, and and so that's entirely opposite of what God wants to do in the Bible is teaching. So it's very difficult to, yeah. with all the modern uh, ways people have really abuse the Bible to make it say something else. Even the people on the other side, uh, the atheists or whatever, that that critique the Bible and say the Bible's wrong because they're really preaching this propaganda. I don't, I think there's underlying the text is something more transformative than the propaganda we've made it out to be. And so I, I, I would highly encourage listeners to go to that and understand what God intended when he called Abraham out. Uh, and what he was trying to do to bring his kingdom that's much better than our kingdoms. There's only one kingdom. And I think that's the problem. We've decided that our kingdom is the best kingdom, and we do not have God's kingdom here on the earth as it is in heaven. We're setting up something wrong, like David Burnett brought out about the sword and the disciples. We're trying to do our own thing, and it's not working out. So I think that's what's going on here. Amen, Theo. We pause right there. We're going to do a word from our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to train Muay Thai? Perhaps there's no gyms near you. Perhaps you work odd hours. Perhaps, like a few of us, you don't like germs. Whichever way it goes, you can train online with some of the best instructors from around the country, either live or in class with other students. Living Muay Thai gives you the chance to do all of this and much more. So jump into live classes and on demand right now. LivingMuayThai.com Hey, it's Gumby here from Bible Over Brews. Are you looking to get some editing done in your podcast? Maybe you don't have the hours or time it takes to edit your content, but you still need to get it done. Maybe you need a customized track or a song for your podcast or your next project without having to worry about copyright issues. Well, look no further than soulworkmusic.com, where this footwork is done for you. I'll get that editing post-production work done right for you or create you that customized song that fits your project or podcast to help support your life's work. 
If this sounds like what you need, reach out to me at soulworkmusic.com. Again, at soulworkmusic.com. And remember, there's nothing taboo over brew. That sermon got through even drunk people. <laughs> I don't know. I think as under Trump, we got as close as we could. Now I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, people. I'm kidding. So, um, that, yeah, no, that's very well said. Very well said. I, I, I will say so during the Middle Ages, that's actually what created the ideas of separation of church and state. It was actually way before America. And the idea, because even back then, they were already getting an influx of, you had Christian, Islamic, and uh, you even had some people coming in from India and stuff. So um, it was hard for the church and, you know, I guess somewhat to their credit, the different rulers at the time saw the problem with that, which is what created the ideas of the church and state, which is why even during the Inquisition, the church didn't have the authority to persecute people. The state did. And and again, we will get far more in depth than this in a future episode because this would this is going to require an entire episode. But the uh, the state where could prosecute people and the church actually could not, but they could uh, assess whether somebody was or was not a Christian or a pagan. Yes, that's, so, that's under the uh, persuasion. Yeah. So yeah. so and mind you, if you go back to their writings again, we'll do this later. But if you go back to their writings, they went way, way, way out of their way to try to keep people from being persecuted. Like it's actually in their writings how far they would go to try to, to get people to not confess to these things. Well, I saw, I, so. you see the conflicts of church and state even in the persecution of, you know, in the crucifixion of Christ. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the Jewish leaders didn't want that on their hands and right. nor did Rome. Right. You know, he's like, this is your guy. You do it. And they're like, well, you know, you got the authority to do it. You know, it, you see it. Nobody wants that. Yeah. That on their hands. And you could understand that. Right. So, yeah. Wow. That's really that's that is a whole other podcast. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we're we are going to devote an entire episode to the separation of church and state because it it has very ancient roots. Mm. I'm not saying it is what God wants to Theo's point. Yeah. No, no, no. Because God wants us to all be united under him. Yeah. So Yeah, and that idea of circumcision, man. Wow, Theo. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That one hit my heart. Well, you know, as, as a half-Jew myself, you know, <laughs> circumcision, ooh. <laughs> I, I, I truly don't understand how that could ever really be a thing. <laughs> like, I thought we were made in the image of God mm-hmm. and to totally just... Cut off a piece of your body. I just, I can't. I was gonna say it really hit your heart and your dick. <laughs> it's a pizza tape all over again. Where's my bleep button? Man? How does it keep coming back? <laughs> the pizza tape's like a boomerang in this episode. <laughs> my God, the children. Uh, I think I'm the common thread here. I seem to. Cause inappropriate things to happen on the show. So, so this is an NSFW <laughs> show, uh, apparently, Bef- or, or at least this episode. Yeah, apparently we should. Have well, I think that's that's the point. I think we have to find out why these things are, and I think we've misunderstood them. Yeah. And even in this little brevity moment here, I think <laughs> you know the the core issues are like Putin and this patriarch. They've completely misunderstood. I think. 
And so that's why I wanted to point you to this podcast where you can understand what's mm-hmm. behind it, why it's so important. And it's actually, yeah. it's actually God reaching out to other people in a proper way. Not, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to be called evangelical anymore. I don't know if Gumby's in that group or not, because that word has become such a terrible thing in, in our recent decades, Thanks, because Trump. we've made it out to be something <laughs> terrible. We destroyed it. And, and the yeah. idea of what God wanted to be when he wanted to evangelize, when he wanted to spread the good news is, is lost because we've, we've, we've got these battles on things that, uh, you know, again, we created divisions. We've, we've caused things. And so if we're going to invade a whole nation over, over LGBTQI plus, I, I don't remember all the letters, uh, Just but, a through Z. you know, but if we're going to invade an entire nation over that, you know, how far have we fallen? How far? And we haven't learned anything in the last hundred years. Yeah, so all in the name of God. And that's terrible. And that's nothing what God wanted. And so I, I think that's the problem. I think we've lost the vision that God really wanted for us. And we keep putting his name on things that he's like, that's not me. You know, that, that's a <laughs> so, great point about, um, you know, you know, who, you know, Hey, who baby doesn't claim the, the, the uh, identity as evangelical in the aftermath of all this is Christian nationalism is a great strategy for like achieving like nationalist aims, like say like taking over territory or propping up a strong man, but it's a horrible long-term strategy for actually evangelizing, growing the faith. And we actually, you know, saw um, a steep, pretty steep drop off in religious identity, say just in the post Trump era. And, and we've seen, you know, various parallels all over the world where it's like, the stronger you identify Christianity with, you know, blatant, um, you know, Machiavellian political aims, the faster a bunch of people nope out of it. Yeah. Well, uh, let me get something out on the table here. Not every evangelical is far right or supported Trump. Sure. So, you know, raise your hand if you are part of a denomination that hasn't been demonized in one way. So your faith has got to be stronger than whatever group you're associated with. And my, you know, my faith, I, I, I'm not going to run from the evangelical quote unquote label just because of Trump or whoever comes after Trump or whoever before Trump, you know, just as I wouldn't expect you, you know, under a Pope who maybe didn't represent the faith well, or, you know, any Bishop that didn't represent the faith well, or, you know, how the Catholic church has been demonized in the media for how long now? You know, so I think somebody (laughs) somebody weak in their faith would say, "Ooh, I don't want to be associated with that." Not only that, not going to do that. Why was the evangelical faith demonized just because Trump uh, announced himself as evangelical? I mean, that's honestly that's all he really did, as far as I am aware of. I I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, do I wish he would have associated with Jehovah Witnesses instead of evangelicals? Yes, I do. (laughs) But you know. Honestly, the giant spaghetti monster in the sky would have been a better choice, sure, but <laughs> I mean, all he did was say, yeah, I'm evangelical, and all the evangelical, mm, all right, and all the other Christian religions said, yeah, exactly. Right. That's to and, my and point. all the evangelicals were like, yeah, he's with us, yeah, no, no, except no. for but some. Anybody spiritually mature could see, like, all right, yeah, no, but, you don't, but it was an excuse mm-hmm. to yeah. attack evangelicals, of course. Well, 
Well, and what I, what I revealed in there is a a short circuit in my brain that occurs a when I've drank a lot of alcohol, but b actually occurs automatically where oh, I okay. say the term even. <laughs> I say the term, thank you. Um, I say the term evangelical, but really, I mean a broad swath of politically identified similar Christians. So I can point to like a, a Father James Altman on the Catholic side. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a basically a uh, evangelical Catholic whatever complex. It, it like it's it's where we've totally realigned where it doesn't actually matter what denomination you're in now it actually matters what your politics are uh yeah that's a good point yeah 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 right or left right or left james altman has more in common with robert jeffress than a lot of you know catholic or you know like father uh what's the father jim uh what's his face like the the gay guy that nothing he's not gay but i don't know if he's gay but he's he's pro (laughs) he, he he advocates for gay people Father Jim, oh crap! I don't know any of his names, but yes. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> it honestly, I I th- I think that uh, that that the Father Altman is is actually Father James Altman. I think he's. Oh wait, so oh, you're referring to the alt right Altman. There, there's our two. <laughs> how many schisms? Yes. How many schisms are there? <laughs> wait, there's another Altman. Thousands, hold on, hold on. thousands of schisms. Hold on, I'm trying to think. If there's another Altman, I'm just gonna walk out of here and just die oh. on your driveway. <laughs> trying to think. Maybe it's just an article I read by Altman. Okay. We should have never but, opened that second bottle of wine, man. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's, wrong. it's 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 a many many tiered argument. Um, to wrap this back around. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yep. All right. Um. <clears throat> We, we need to make sure that when we're speaking on the faith-based side, yeah. we're speaking to behoove the human spirit. We're speaking to help people find their salvation. Yeah. Um, if we are taking nationalistic stances, I believe that we actually damage the faith because mm-hmm. all you're telling the people who live in the country you're opposing is that they're wrong. Well, mm-hmm. again, so, what, we, we never truly defined what does it mean to be nationalist. Well, that's easy. National to be a nationalist is to oppose people that oppose your nation. That is very easily defined. To be a okay. nationalist is to oppose anybody that opposes your nation. That's okay. what a nationalist so, is. So I thought nationalism meant to take pr- like excessive pride in your country. It, is there a healthy balance? There can't oh, be a healthy balance. There's a healthy balance. There, okay. there can't be a healthy balance. All right. Um, there, there, I, I would. I, that's being called a patriot. I was going to say I would define that as yep. patriotism, not nationalism. Okay. So, um, F- thank you for defining. Well, no, it's very <laughs> important. Like I said earlier, it's very important to define what terms mean yeah, because yeah, in this yeah, yeah. in this day and age, terms mean completely different things and are being changed almost daily. Yeah, because if you look back at our history, you have people who are patriots who even opposed during the Civil War, opposed the opposite side, but knew that they could not fully oppose the opposite side because they still believed in what they were doing, Mm -hmm. right? That's a patriot, somebody who they may be fighting for one side, but they still agree with the other side, okay? That's a patriot because you're doing what you have to do because you're doing it. A nationalist opposes everybody who opposes your nation. Okay. Okay. So that's that's kind of like the big difference right there. 
So, so it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what moral authority you have, so long as you are for your country and it doesn't matter what what your stance is, you are for your country and that's it. That's a nationalist. Okay. Go ahead, Theo. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, trying to frame it around where we started with what does Putin want? And, you know, and then what did he get? That's what this podcast is. What did he get? Because <laughs> if he wanted Ukraine, do the Ukrainians love him more now? You know, and what does it mean, you know, when Gumby said, wasn't Ukraine originally part of Russia or, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. You know, uh, did what if Putin wanted Ukraine, but then do they they don't want him now? So because they don't buy into his nationalism, maybe. So Western you know, Ukraine doesn't want Russia. Yeah. But Eastern, yeah. So there are portions inside. So at what point do you divide that up? As I said earlier, inside India, there's many people who are are suffering because the government under the current regime wants you know a nationalistic hinduistic version of india and they've been marginalized as as islamic or muslims and then that doesn't even begin to talk about the christian minority or the other minorities inside india you know so are we supposed to you know divide up you know america now yeah and everybody moved to texas or something and everybody moves to your state where you all think alike and we become the divided states of america the untied states of america which i mean which will just ultimately end up being a palestine israel kind of situation where you just have two exactly yeah exactly so it just keeps repeating itself. We're just we're falling in the same cycle. We keep dividing, dividing, dividing until we're all each man to his own. And I'm going to get fill my house with as many bullets and guns as I can. And if you come near me, I don't care who you are. And we cancel, you know, we cancel so many people just because 99 percent I agree with you. But that one percent I don't agree. So I'm going to shoot you anyway, you know, yeah. until we become alone. And we're so alone and we cannot allow anyone else to talk to us or transform our thinking or help us to understand what they understand by these terms. And I love what you keep saying, Sam. And that's why I wanted to bring up this podcast to understand what did God want? What did he mean by circumcision? What did he mean by establishing Abraham as a nation through Moses? What did he mean by that? What is truly in view there, as opposed to what we've done with it, with nationalism? What is truly what God intended? And I think Tim does a very good job, and John, in that podcast, of bringing it out using Newbigin to help us to understand that that God has something marvelous that he wanted to bless all the nations. And it's from the beginning, he was trying to do everybody and try to do something. And we keep being selfish. We keep wanting what we think we want and we're wrong. So is Putin wrong here? Because going into Ukraine, he united NATO. They were pretty much, you know, so divided. Now they're all united. You know, what has he done? He's messed everything up. Did he, did he achieve his goals or is he, you know, which side the, the, the propaganda says, this is exactly what we wanted. This is phase one. Now we're moving to phase two. Is that really what he wanted? And the West is saying, no, this is not what he wanted. And we've really messed up all of his plans. We don't know the propaganda on both sides. They're both lying to us. Who do we believe? It's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's it's really sad for me because honestly, 
at this point, I believe Putin more than I believe my own politicians. Not to say that I believe Putin at all, but that's just the thing. I, I believe Putin 1% more, and both of them are in the negative. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, to uh, to touch on two of those things, uh, the, eastern, the minor republics in the eastern side mm-hmm. were actually... So they tried to bring them in for negotiations with Putin, mm-hmm. and that was actually turned down by Putin mm-hmm. earlier. So that was not Ukraine's fault. No. Um, on the uh, baptism side, just wanted to say that we never got rid of that in the Catholic Church. All right. So <laughs> what I wanted to say is that, uh, so it's actually a full process. Shameless plug. When you get, well, because he's brought up several times, so I have to say it. So... Uh, I think the only you, thing he brought up several times get, was circumcision. And <laughs> I feel mildly uncomfortable. But, <laughs> but it's it's the same thing to us. That so so in the Old Testament it was circumcision. Um, it, that was changed under the New Covenant as baptism. And so when you're brought in, and this is a huge one uh, that keeps getting thrown under the rug by different evangelical groups. So when you're when you're brought in, he under looks the, right at me when he says that. <laughs> no. <laughs> under the Catholic Church, uh, you are baptized, yes, as a baby, but then you proceed for several years under the instruction of the church, and that baptism is not fully done until confirmation. So mm. it does take the place of circumcision, because circumcision, same thing, you were brought into the tribe, but you could still leave after that. Being circumcised and being brought into the tribe meant that you were then under the instruction of the tribe moving forward. It's the same exact principle when it comes to baptism and the Catholic Church. So that that brings up a good point. Like interesting. Uh, yeah, more of an interesting point. Maybe not a good point. I don't know yet. <laughs> but it's like when I was uh what was it, twenty sixteen? <laughs> I can't remember how old I was. That's what, seven years ago? Six years ago? Six years ago. I was 19 at the time. I was baptized. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 26. I remember. I can't remember. I remember. Such a baby. I know, right? (laughs) But it's like, at that time, I was baptized. And I was baptized because I felt that it was the right thing to do for my mother. Okay. Not for me. Watch it. No, 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 right there. That's what it is. I, in my mind, am not baptized. Hmm. Okay. Because I did it not for God, not for me, not in, not for my belief, but for my mother. All right. I'm not going to talk my genitalia, so I'm I'm doubly down, but I'm not doubly down, so <laughs> we're not going to go there. All right. So, but I didn't catch you, Aaron. What do I keep bringing up? I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Baptism and circum- Anybody else's crotch hurt. Uh, 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 <laughs> baptism and circumcision. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize I brought up baptism. I'm just talking about I heard, uh, circumcision. I was yeah. like, why is there talking about baptism? I don't, when did I say baptism? But, I but yeah, that. I think the same thing in that podcast, the reason why they got circumcised and the reason why we do baptism, I think you're what you're, you're uh, saying is the same thing Tim Mackey says about circumcision. Yeah, yeah, it's not to be nationalistic; it's to unite ourselves under covenant with God and say that we are going to hear forth. I'm going to give you my children, 
you know, like this mother wanted to give Sam to God, and he's getting baptized because I'm doing it for my mother. But the idea is we're giving this over to God. We want to follow God's kingdom rule and not follow our own. And so the idea is, yes, people can rebel against that. But And, and obviously, you know, I, I think Putin is probably rebelling against God. But then, like he said, he's 1% for Putin over what we got. We're not you know, as Gumby said at the very beginning, we're not doing all that well ourselves. So, and we call ourselves evangelical. We call ourselves a, we used to call ourselves a Christian nation or whatever. I don't know how you want to define those terms. So back to defining of terms. So nationalistic, when are we putting our version of governance and what we think, you know, what Putin thinks Ukraine should be doing and what Ukrainians actually think Ukraine should be doing. And when is are both of them wrong in the eyes of God? Or when does both of them have to be, you know, uh, when are both of them problematic to the point that we have to deal with either one because nations can get pretty messy and, you know, Ukraine, their, their government was not all that great before they, they were pretty known to be corrupt. And it's for me sitting over here on the other side of the world and not able to understand the news media and who's telling the truth. You have, the whole Hunter Biden and Biden and Ukraine and the Trump and the Mueller report in Ukraine. And yeah. it's like, I don't even know which side really was colluding with the Russians. And it's such well, a well, propaganda nightmare. I don't make it easy for you. Who's in bed with who? You <clears throat> <know>? Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are other interests that we didn't even bring up yet. I mean, there, oh, no. there's some uh, Biden interests there, well, there in is, Ukraine, there is. especially with the sun. I, I was, so I, I've been texting. I <laughs> I was testing I was texting Gumby for the last two days. I said there is so much information here. I couldn't cover all the information if we did this for weeks. I mean, I uncovered so much that we could have covered tonight, but it would have rabbit trailed rabbit trailed. Not that we didn't rabbit trail, but it, we could have been going on and on and on. Well, isn't and, Brian Gadawa doing a documentary? Yes, he's gonna be, be appearing on Biden's son. Yep. What? Yeah. I'm sorry uh, to hear about his suicide. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so Brian Godawa will be appearing on our sister podcast, Bible Overbrews Reviews, because he did a movie about that. Yeah. And he's going to give us an exclusive interview right after the movie premieres. Mm-hmm. A laptop. Oh, okay. That didn't exist. That exists. That wasn't real. That is real. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that... I don't understand that, you know, I, I just, again, it doesn't matter who's talking whether they're from the right or the left, I just don't know who to believe anymore because they all got double tongues. And it's like, Man, that's I feel so like true. That's so they're true, both, Theo. they're both achieving the same thing and they're just drumming up, you know, it's like the major league baseball, you know, is it the players or the owners? They're both bad. It, it, it's <laughs> like this. It's like the old saying goes, if I don't watch the news, I'm uninformed. But if I watch the news, I'm misinformed. Take your poison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where people just want to be tribalistic. There's a good guy, there's a bad guy, right? But in reality, you're never looking at a good guy and a bad guy. You're looking at a convolution. Bad guy and a bad guy. Well, you're looking at a convolution of things. Actually, and I'll, I keep going back to it. If you watch the show Vikings, it's a beautiful show because it shows you through examples of history how there isn't a good guy and a bad guy. Everybody is the good guy and everybody is the bad guy because it is this, a good show. the person you love in episode one 
is the person you hate in episode two. You love him again in episode three, but then he sucks in episode four, right? So <laughs> it, it's this beautiful show that takes humanity and puts it through this beautiful lens that shows you how terrible people are and how awesome people are, and they're all the same people. Mm. And that's really what we it's, are. Yeah, instead of us versus them, it's we. <laughs> yeah, because no... Er- we and me, and we're the same. Everybody wants to believe that they're the good guy. Wow, that sounds like a communist agenda. <laughs> and if, <laughs> and if, if all of us just simply realize that we're all human, we're all making mistakes, all of us do terrible, terrible, awful things. Falling short of the glory of God. And that we try to come back, sometimes do, to reclaim our souls and our salvation, and maybe help somebody else on the way. That right there is the human story. And I, and I think that's what we miss. We get so misconstrued in the idea of good guy versus bad guy that we forget it's a human story about how all of us are the good guy and all of us are the bad guy. That's good. That's good, Aaron. I wish those of us who actually had the the uh, privilege of making, you know, world decisions actually had that self-awareness. It seems that, you know, they don't, or at least it's harder to achieve the higher, you know, the ladder you climb or, you know, the more money you have. Yeah. Especially when you consider that we're going to basically, whatever happens here, where it's going to go on an extra, what, three or four years just because the one guy yep. is afraid of what happens to him when he loses. I mean, holy crap. It's like we're all, we're ruled entirely by insane people. Absolutely. Like we pick the dumbest person and we put him at the top. <laughs> and then we go from there. I've never understood that concept. <laughs> Imagine if we had Einstein, we made a president. <laughs> I, I, I can un- kind of understand it, because if the stupid people are in charge, then nothing gets done. But honestly... <laughs> then the garbage doesn't get picked up every Wednesday, right? <laughs> but, but, but yeah, that, that, that's honestly what just happens. Is right. in, in, Instead of there being nothing happens, it's that the bad things happen. It's like... <laughs> Just we get scared that we don't want them to do anything because if they do, it will be bad. So we'd rather them not, you know, stay in gridlock. It's better that you're gridlock than to actually do anything because it might be bad. So that's conservatism. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's Mitch McConnell for you. <laughs> this this actually brings up an interesting point I heard about the whole, you know, Russian-Ukraine conflict. Um, Actually, interestingly, it came by an article that was completely unrelated. It was using Russia as an example, but it was not about Russia. The article was literally called, uh, it's from a, 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 a kind of uh, researcher uh, named Chris Damien. Uh, Natural family planning culture sometimes resembles a pagan death cult, which could be a whole different episode. Um, but his, he was using an example of, of Russia, and he was explaining how um, uh, the, the sanctions against Russia could backfire because Putin is trying to create a culture where Russians take pride in the hardship um, that they that they endure and, and you know almost overcome. like what happened with World War One into World War Two with Hitler having nationalist pride having yeah, that yeah. redemption arc of we are the greatest greatest country so yeah. so we promote the dumbest people who give us the dumbest policies and tell us that we are brave for enduring them. And we see this in America too. We have so many people take pride in how our healthcare system leaves basically 30 million people without any access to it at all. Mm. 
Yeah. And like, oh yeah, it's it's really innovative. <laughs> no, that, that that's actually a really good point, Keith. And this is is something that I brought up before. I mean, you know, when we sanction other nations, it's the the innocent people of those nations mm-hmm. that bear the brunt of it. It's 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 an act of war on the lowest level. It truly is. And so at a certain point when you sanction nations for so long and their backs, you know, like you were saying, Sam gets put against a wall for so long. There's going to be this this irrational quote unquote reaction that their leaders may take to see for their people. Yeah, I mean Russia has been sanctioned for the last I think thirty years actually twenty years I think it was, and it's like oh you're gonna sanction me over Ukraine oh shucky darn guess nothing's changing I'm gonna keep going forward. It's so damn kindergarten shit, man. Sorry, I don't have a bleep button, but it's <laughs> like, it's it's literally, we have immature people ruling the world. Oh, I'm going to keep my, you know, friends away from you, or I'm going to, you're not going to play with my Play-Doh now. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it it really is a game of, I'm not touching you. I'm right. not touching you. As you get further and further closer, you're touching me. See, you're touching me as I'm touching your forehead. Like, like didn't your mother ever hug you? Ever? <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, last year, what was it? Questions Venezuela was the bad guy, you know, last year. And this year, they're our best buddies, you know. <laughs> so it goes back and forth, you know. I'm not yeah. going to play with you because. Right. And, and I see it over here because we're suffering. I mean, you guys probably are suffering because, oh, my, gas prices are. Well, everything over here has gone up significantly. I mean, yeah, inflation has here. gone through the roof over oh, yeah. here. We're not. And. We're just good at complaining about gas there's prices. No jobs, there's still less there's no else. jobs to begin with. Yeah, there's no jobs to begin with. How are people supposed to make ends meet? They were already poor, and now yeah. you've just made it worse, you know? And I, I just don't understand, you know, how we're supposed to, you know, be the greatest nation and, and give all this money away, but then we're, we're paying our buddies. You know, we, 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 we paid the Afghanis so they could beat the Russians, and they turned around and used those weapons to kill us. <laughs> so, wow, that and is now a we're good, back out. good point. And Theo. now we're back out of mm. Afghanistan again. We left it now. I mean, it's just now we're in with the Venezuelans again. I, I don't get it. And then the poor people are still suffering because the inflation has gone up. And it's just they can't compete in this market. I don't and, know. And, what's and that's that. saying something because even the poorest in America, even the poorest, not the bottom 1%, but like even the poorest 10%, are still doing so much better comparatively than most other nations on earth. Yeah. Like we are still doing as Americans, even on the in the lowest of classes, still doing better on average than most countries. It's true. Yeah. No, it's which that's, is saying something. That's that's an excellent point, Theo, when you brought up the Taliban though. I mean, cause we we created our own bin Laden and we're surprised that they came out of nowhere. Yeah. Why does this guy hate America? Or why does this, you know, this, this, and that? Why do they, you know, want to hate us or take away our freedoms? Blah blah blah. Yeah, well, it, it's amazing what killing three hundred Muslims, three hundred million Muslims, does over twenty years. Yeah. You know, but we're nation building in the Middle East, mm. right? I mean, to to Theo's point. So here, let me quote real quick before before we wrap up. Let me quote real quick. Uh, Pope Francis said. Once more, humanity is threatened by a perverse abuse of power and partisan interest which condemns defenseless people to suffer every form of brutal violence. Faced with the barbarity of killing children, of innocents and unarmed civilians, no strategic reason can hold up. 
The only thing to do is to stop this unacceptable armed aggression before it reduces cities into cemeteries. In the name of God, I ask you, stop this massacre. So, I mean, it's... That's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where we have to think of the people. You know, it's... I don't... We have to put politics to the side and realize there's no politics if there's no people. Well, we do. We do. Yeah. We do. Absolutely, we do. If, if, you know, if after the last two years, after the pandemic and everything that I've learned, I'm like, there's no legislator, there's no leader, there's no politician that's going to do the work that we have to do as believers. You can't legislate anything like that. We absolutely have to do the work, and the responsibility and the onus is on us to do it, not politicians. Yeah. And we, you know... So I to keep blindlessly putting our faith into the next politician, waving our flags. Oh, they're going to change you, blah, blah, blah. It's so easy to get caught up in that. It's an abusive relationship. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> well, it's I, coming closer to home, isn't it? Because they said all those wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, no one felt that so much in America. But you're mm. feeling this one now yeah, with, so with Russia. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and... Before 9-11, we hadn't had anybody bother us since the War of 1812, except ourselves, you know. We had our own civil war, you know. It's coming closer and closer to home. I mean, COVID was something, you know, viruses happen all over the world. Now it's, you know, it hit America. So it's getting to the point where people have to realize that this stuff that we've been doing there is now coming home to live with us and are we ready for it that's so good and and we need to think about it because the rest of the world has been suffering and we were blinded to it and that's partly why i'm trying to be where i'm at so i can help people that that have suffered because and and uh, you know i like that quote you just read because we need to stop it and if if the politics is not about the people then we're in trouble and we're we're gonna self-exterminate ourselves you know let's yeah. just nuke them well, well well it's only a local nuclear bomb well, i mean this is ridiculous it's tactical you know? it's tactical okay. it's all but the, the the dialogue is is so again what what crew just pointed out earlier it's us versus them you know yeah, yeah that man cannot be empowered Instead of talking to that man, we we're gonna, you know, he has to be removed. But then you have to be removed. I mean, it's all about get rid of him. Fire, let's fire. I'm gonna fire you. And and we don't get any dialogue, we don't get anywhere. And it's getting closer and closer to home. You're feeling it more and more and more. And the supply chain and all this stuff is 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 just stuff that's been mounting and mounting and mounting. And eventually it's gonna, you know, the clock's gonna run out and it's gonna be right there at your front door. As as God said to Cain, you know, sin's lying at the door. And it's knocking. You better be ready. And mm-hmm. it's it's there. And we need to wake up. No, yeah. We need to I, repent. I, and we need to to start thinking as he just said. It's about we and me is the same. We're we're all in this together as humanity. Yeah. And we're ruining this planet and we're ruining the gospel and we're ruining God's name and Jesus. And we're we're just all in the name of God and 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 it's not God. It's nothing godly about it. And we yeah. need to we need to do a better job of, of thinking more about how we can come overcome this stuff together. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I, I sent crew a thing and maybe he's going to do another podcast on this uh, for the news uh, about, you know, out of COVID 
uh, out of the vaccines we've gotten, so many things are going to happen, maybe for cancer, for malaria, for AIDS. And I'm excited about that. That's the kind of things we need to do. We need to focus on the positive. You know, we had a pandemic, we had this virus, we created these vaccines, and now they're opening the windows to new technologies to, to, to get medicines out there so that people in Africa, when, when they said, you know, th- just think about this for a minute. When Americans got hit by the, the COVID and they were dying and it's like, oh, my goodness, the Africans said, we've been dying for years from malaria and you didn't care. You know, now all of a sudden, because you're dying of COVID, you're going to create the medicines. But out of that, scientists are possibly coming up with a vaccine for malaria, a treatment for malaria. So out of it, could something good could happen? So why don't we tackle problems like this where we together can finally realize you're finally in America dying by the droves. That's the same thing happened in Africa with malaria and you come up with a cure. So maybe you come up with a cure. For, so why can't we come up with a cure for all these other things that are ailing humanity instead of I'm just going to take Ukraine or, or I'm just going to say Putin has to be removed from office and um, nuclear weapons. Why can't we come up with something that's going to be more positive come out of this, that we can overcome these terrible things that is us versus them and come together as humanity, as God designed us to be and overcome our difficulties together and make this world a much better place. I, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping for. And, and, and I'm hopeful out of this, finally, we can wake up and say, let's not repeat the mistakes of the 20th century and start again at the same thing. So I don't know. Anyway, what do you think there? So <laughs> very good. Well said, Theo. Well said. Yeah, I agree. And there are some good things that have come out of the last years. Um, and we do intend to highlight some of those incoming episodes. Um, but I think we're hitting our limit on two episodes right now. No, we're past the limit, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> we are two and a half, but man, keep it going. So, um, yeah, so we will cover that, though. We will cover that because there are some really cool... Despite all of the immense amounts of conspiracy theory, there are some really awesome breakthroughs that came through for uh, all kinds of different diseases and illnesses and um, huge breakthroughs. And, and we'll cover that. We'll, in fact, maybe we can even get an expert on the show for that, too. That'd be pretty cool. Five pages of side effects. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Um, Whoops. so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll bring that in. There's side effects for, there's side effects for peanuts. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, mandated peanuts. <laughs> no, I just saying that the, 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 the tragedy that Africa was experiencing malaria America experienced with the COVID and now with Ukraine situation, Americans are feeling it more than they did with Afghanistan or the wars in Iraq, you know? So, we're starting to get this global sense now of people feeling each other's pains. And maybe that's hope that we're also going to start looking for ways to overcome these things. Finally, instead of fighting one another that will unite together, <laughs> the old Gene Roddenberry Star Trek thing, trying to, to, to build that better future where we actually unite instead of fight each other. So that's what I'm hoping for. I keep saying we're on the cusp. We're on the no, cusp. That's we're, good. we're seeing that even too with, um, you know, uh, your Europe and America are, are way more pumped up about accepting Ukrainian refugees than they were about accepting Afghanistan, Afghan refugees. Yeah. 
I wonder why. Mm. (laughs) I I think it just has to go along with the whole ideology of you align with our ideology versus Mm. Afghani uh, refugees have a completely different form of their ideology of what the world should look like. Russia has a completely different ideology than we do. So having this idea that, you know, a global new world order, dun, 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 is, (laughs) right? It is this mythological utopia that we should be striving towards. It's, it's scary because when we have this idea that we all just need to come together, kumbaya, and actually get past our differences and actually work towards a common good goal, well, first we have to define what that good goal is. And right now, there's just so many different opposing ideologies, even within, yeah. uh, even within you know, certain groups, that that's just not going to happen. And then you have this overarching cabal that is trying to strive towards, as Biden said, there's going to be a new world order. It's like, oh, I didn't even know we were part of the old order. Okay. And, well, and it, it's very scary. It's very dangerous. And it really comes down to, well, who's going to define what good is? Yeah. And we will touch on that in a future episode because there, I think, is some misinformation on what we call a new world order. Because from a, it's nothing to see here. It's all good. From a biblical standpoint, there's only one prophecy, only one, about a new world order. I think that was in Revelations? No. It's the book of Daniel. And it's actually a good thing, not a bad thing. So it does make you wonder if the church itself is fighting against a good prophecy because there's only one prophecy about a new world order and it's about Christ creating that one world order. All right, you heard it from Aaron Crujus Viverka first. Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, everyone in that cabal. Actually, I heard that from Bush Sr. first. Oh, Bush Sr. first. All right. I did say it first. (laughs) There it is. From a Republican. (laughs) It's all good, folks. (laughs) The only only NWA I recognize has Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Hall. (laughs) I need to listen to a Joe Rogan episode after this. (laughs) Hey, back to Theo's point, man. I agree with that fully. I mean, uh, spiritually speaking, politically speaking, just as being a human being, Mm-hmm. I am a firm believer that you will import what you export. Yep. And I, man, do I believe that, man. So I, I do believe there's some reckoning to be had with America. And spiritually speaking, just on the individual level with everyone all over the world, not just here. I mean, leaders everywhere and there's just, I mean, you know, sin is everywhere. So you import what you export, man. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. is completely and utterly materialistic. And if there's a reckoning where we have to just drop down everything, just this, I don't know, everything about what America represents and just be more humble, I wouldn't mind it if we, you know, were dropped down a peg or two. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something I, 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 I was was just to say, I, I didn't appreciate the full extent before talking to y'all on the show was how much how important it is for America to walk the walk which obviously is going to be really hard but when we talk about like representative democracy about you know the rule of law and self-determination 
we have a lot to overcome. And mm-hmm. I will admit, if you're looking at Ohio, that would benefit my side. But there's other states where that would benefit conservatives more. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we were if we were at a place where we actually could say, hey, we are really walking the walk with representative democracy, we would have been in a much better place where we could say that is an important priority for the world. And, and, and to that, yeah. I mean, we fought our independence war against uh, the UK, against Great Britain, based on not about how large the taxes were, which was like 3% at the time, I think it was, but because we didn't have representation mm-hmm. for our taxation. Yeah, that's right a- now we're at what twenty seven percent, twenty two percent at the bottom. Oh yeah, fifty one percent at the top. I don't feel represented. I can't say. The sa- Do you guys feel represented? To be frank, my tax rate is negative ten percent because I have five kids and I work for a startup. <laughs> <laughs> but to, yeah, that's another podcast. <laughs> to your to your point though, Sam, and I don't think that that was a. Um ask them nicely kind of hey can we break away from you no i think that happened with a little bit of resistance so so let's also be honest has, has any bit. freedom come without make resistance? america britain again <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way it's going that's going <laughs> but, <laughs> right? but i i honestly do think that the u.s does need to go through that crucible again that walk that walk again which may or may not, hopefully it doesn't end up being this way, but that national divorce hopefully doesn't end up in civil war, but it needs to have that breakaway because there are just way too many hot topics, not including the sh- t-shirts, but, <laughs> <laughs> but too many things that both the left and the right just disagree on, on the bit most basic level. And on the most spiritual level, that if we can't agree on that, then we are not a nation. And if we are not a nation, then we need to just break up. Mm. And I think may... Texas has tried, hasn't they? They've, they've tried. <laughs> so Texas is the only state constitutionally allowed to. Interesting. They wrote that into their constitution when they joined into the U.S. Also, I do uh, disagree with Abraham Lincoln and think that he was a tyrant. But that's never <laughs> <a hypothesis. gasps> You take that back. Later. Uh, no. Later. You have exposed my plan to uh, move to a blue state and get my uh, my socialized health care just before the Civil War breaks out. Hey, you know what? Go for it. <laughs> that is your right as American. All right. So. Wow. Go to Canada. Theo, any last thoughts? I just to, to bounce off of what Sam said earlier, uh, you know, I just feel like. Um, when I deal with like some people on the internet, some of the atheists and things, you know, they have such a problem, uh, trying to understand why do you take like, uh, this backwater Israelite religion, uh, you know, from the ancient Near East, there were so many gods and why do you take Yahweh out of that? Or why do you take this Jesus character to be so important? Or why is the Bible, this book? So, but I, I think when you go through, you know, the history of the world and understand things, uh, for me, uh, I find it compelling, the example of Christ. And, you know, for me, Christ in his incarnation is truly what it means to be God and truly what it means to be human. And so what can we unify ourselves around? Because another 
Brexit, another Texas exit, another <laughs> division. We don't need any more divisions. I mean, again, if we keep dividing and dividing and dividing, then again, it's going to be, we're all going to be alone with, you know, and, and we cannot do that. And I know, you know, the Kumbaya moment, well, the Kumbaya moment would be when we understand why history has seen Jesus the way that they've seen him and how this itinerant preacher from Nazareth uh, was able to change the world. And I'm hopeful that that can happen again, that we will take up the example of Christ to empty our, find out what God really intended and, and put down all of our Pharisee, Sadducee, whatever you see, uh, views of Scripture, and take up the mantle of Christ and become that which is uh, truly uh, manifest God's understanding of what it means to be human, and that's Jesus Christ, and become that to this world. And I think that's what compels me most, although I do see truths in other people's views, um, and I want to honor those, and I want to respect those, and I want to embrace those. But I think the best example or exemplification of truth has been Jesus. And I want that to become, uh, you know, I don't think, I just don't. I haven't seen anything better. So I don't think there's anything else. So this is it. This is what can unify us. This is what, if we truly understand, and and as Sam has said over and over again, it's it's we've redefined too many words that, we speak our own language. When we say the word nationalism, we mean this and they mean that, and we're no longer in dialogue. And that's the problem. So we need to get back to a point where we can, instead of having all of us speak monologues, that we begin to dialogue again, and we begin to think about how we want to proceed together instead of the monologue and echo chambers that we've created. And, and, and I just feel like that Jesus does that best. And he brought people together, and he did confront them, and he did cause them to challenge what they believe and to rethink and and many turned away you know and it's like you know that's fine but those who chose to follow christ throughout history have exemplified the best of humanity as far as i can tell and i i want to exemplify that myself so something like that nice it's like the tower of babel just beautiful everyone speaking their own beautiful. language uh sam oh i was just saying it sounds like the tower of babel just Everyone's speaking their own language. Any final thoughts? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, I'm less hopeful, but maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. I'm thinking that the world is going to delve further and further into sin, and the best we can do is just proselytize and hope for the best and know in our hearts what we believe is is truth, is, is faith. Keith? I, I want to very seriously apologize for only making it two episodes before interjecting with something else weird sexual. Shame. <laughs> there are no apologies necessary, man. It's been great. Uh, seriously, I mean, there isn't one thing any of you guys said that I have not learned from tonight, both either politically or spiritually, and I, and, and I accept that graciously. I appreciate all of your guys' viewpoint. And I hope that our podcast always represents uh, just a safe place for everyone to uh, express that and know that, you know, in, in the love of Christ, that 
You're a child of God. Amen. We, um, we appreciate you, and you'll be welcome here. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing taboo over brew. That's right. If you're listening to this podcast, realize that you are the bad guy, <laughs> and you are the good guy. You are capable of great good things, and you are also capable of complete and utter damnation. So, choose to do good things. Choose to do great things. And not P-tapes. Reach reach out to your neighbor, regardless of who you think they are, with the loving hand of God. Godspeed and good night. Peace out, you guys. I'm over choose. Choose the right way. Yeah. <laughs>